Friday is here, Bears fans. We got another week of football coming our way. The bye is officially over, and I got to talk about it with the uh, the reigning uh, is that Catholic League Coach of the Year right there? Is that is that what we call it now? Catholic League Coach of the Year. Jason McKee is in the building, but we got to talk about our keys to finding a way to finish out a game versus the Lions, even though they probably know what's coming and things are going to look very different uh, than what that first game was. What we learned in that game, uh, there's some stadium rumors going on too. Uh, are the Bears uh, not going that far? That'll be, I'm, I'm, we, we'll talk about that. And uh, Robbie Gold retired. Is he the best kicker in Bears history? I, I think we all know the answer to that. Uh, all that and more on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. Y'all know what to do and drop a bird down in the comments below. J Mac, what's good with you, my guy? What's up, man? Excited to uh, to get back to, to Bears football. Feels like it's been forever. You know, I've been uh, doing my prep, getting ready for this game on Sunday. And when yeah. I talk about prep, I'm not talking about numbers and stats. I'm talking about Coats and hoodies and scarves and gloves. Oh, boy. Boy, it's going to be cold, man. I might be doing the sideline report inside the family room. Like, Jay, man, let's go down to the field. Where you at? Yeah, you know, the weather's cold outside. It's, <laughs> it's swirling, but I may be in the family room. You watch it, you're watching the game on the TV like the rest yeah. of us? Jay, yeah. Mac, what, were you th- what was the vibe on the sideline? Cold. Yeah, I'm, being, I'm being the family room. Well, the vibe on this hot dog right here. <laughs> you gonna be, you gonna be never like a like Chance the Rapper on a SNL. Hey man, uh, let's do that football. Yeah, Danny Z's gonna be like, I don't see J Mac down there. You're right, you don't. I'm gonna be in the locker room. Yeah, it is not supposed to be a fun day on oh, uh, Sunday, bro. Like it is supposed yeah. to be. Not only are we talking about uh, cold weather, yeah. we're talking about high wins as well, which is going to have a major impact on uh, what the Detroit Lions are able to do, what the Bears are able to do. Uh, we're going to I fully expect by the end of this game, we're going to hear nothing. But Justin Fields can't throw the football in 20 mile an hour wins. He's not a franchise quarterback. I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's one dude in the league that can do it and his receivers don't want him to do it. And that's Josh Allen. Josh Allen be throwing bullets through the wind, but it don't matter wind, Sweet. sleet, snow, rain. He will kill you with the football. Yeah, he throwing uh, he, and Josh Allen's like he's one of my favorite players in the league. And this year, it's like he's throwing bullets, but is it to the right guys? Is he is it to the wrong team? Is it to the opposing? Uh, you know, yeah. Team? You know, Josh Allen struggled this year a little bit, man. But that's Josh Allen is getting a little. Uh, he getting a little. I don't know. I I got mixed feelings on Josh Allen this year, dog. I'm not gonna lie to you because it's like, yes, he leads the league in interceptions right now. I believe with 19. But he also has 40 touchdowns. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he got 19 picks. I don't like 19 picks, right? Don't get the ball to the other team. But 40 touchdowns. Hey, can somebody on this defense get a stop eventually? Is that that's combined touchdowns? Now. It is combined touchdowns, I believe. Yes. It, but I mean, look, I'm not a touchdown's a touchdown for me, J Mac. I, I love the passing in. But you get you get six, you get six. We struggling to get six on turnovers out here. I'm not gonna complain about somebody getting six. <laughs> At least, I mean, hopefully we will see a touchdown this week. A touchdown, just one. <laughs> a touchdown, bro. Uh, well, let's let's jump into that, right? Well, the, yeah, let's jump into that. Let's talk about um, what we're gonna have to do, see versus this Lions team because, I mean, to to me, right when when I look at what we saw in that last game, my biggest concern is that things aren't going to change coming into this game, even though the Lions know exactly what you're going to do. 
I my my issue right now, my biggest issue on this team is Luke Getty and his inability to what we saw in that Vikings game, right? Screen, screen, screen. All right, they figured out you throwing the screen. What do you got for him? A screen. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a lack of adjustment there. I fully expect to see the same game plan that we ran versus the Lions the first time around, which may work again. I'm not saying that it can't work, but it's a lot easier to figure out when I know it's coming and can practice for it for a week and be ready to go, right? What do we need to see versus this Lions team from the Chicago Bears for them to come out of this with a victory? Yeah, I think you're going to see some of the same things against the Lions that we had success uh, with in terms of our offense. Uh, yes, you know, guess they're going to go back. They look at the game plan. What were we successful at? Well, we're really successful with the quarterback run game and not just the quarterback run game. It's the read zone in which you know they kept taking the back and Justin kept pulling that ball and going around the end and making plays. So yeah. we will see that in the game plan. I think we will see more of an RPO off of that. I think we will see, um, you know, him changing things up in terms of, yeah, we may see uh, it may be the same runs that we had, but it'll be formationally. It'll be different with some shifts. It gives defense a different look but it's going to be the same base run. Uh, hopefully we see, you know, more movement out of Justin. You know, this is a team that doesn't blitz as much as the Vikings, so I can't see we're going to see more of a horizontal passing game in terms of the screens, the now screens to those receivers that we saw a couple weeks ago. Um, I can't say we're going to see Justin push the ball downfield a lot. We haven't seen that all year, but especially with the elements, and we just talked about that when we started the pod, the wind, I yeah. can't see him just – dropping back and throwing the ball. I think this is a game in which the elements will make it to where Getsy has to come up with a game plan uh, that involves intermediate uh, passes, you know, short passes, quick passes, slants and stuff like that, uh, hitches and things of that nature. High percentage pass plays, something that we've been wanting to see from Justin consistently in terms of an offensive game plan. And the one thing that, you know, I want to see more of, and I was, you know, looking at some things the last two games, right. And, Talk about the last two games, the first game in which they played Detroit. So Deontay Foreman goes out. That was Cliff Herbert's first game back off injury. Uh, and, and ever since then, we've struggled to be effective in the run game besides Justin. Yeah. You know, Justin's been effective. But if you look at it, and I looked at some things, right? So the last two games, Justin had 30 carries. The backs combined had 44 carries. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not – you know, I just feel like we've got to get the running backs involved. When we talk about our identity as an offense being a running team, well, I don't want my identity to be a running team in terms of the quarterback leading the charge in that round. I want the backs to lead the charge. So, you know, I I, I know we're healthy. You know, I, I, I think Deontay Foreman is – I don't know how he's – I got to look at the injury report, but, you know, I think he will be back this game. I hope Khalil Herbert, you're having that week off, he's getting back to form. Roshan Johnson will be in the mix, but – you know, we need we need to see a back uh, lead lead the charging carries, or we need to see multiple backs. You know, lead uh, lead the charging carries, not Justin. And yeah, you know, you want to use Justin's playmaking ability because he has hurt the Lions. You know, running the ball yeah. in the past, but I need I need to see more of our backs leading the charge. And like I said before, that run sets up play action. That'll set up things. Yeah, you may have to take a shot here and there downfield in the wind, but that play action right will be able to help you get those intermediate routes open behind them linebackers or it'll enable you to do a lot more things if you have a successful running game. 
Yeah, and Deontay Foreman been a full go the last two days. Unless we have some sort of setback today, he should be a full go. And I think that's that's the weird, again, right? Being able to adjust, being able to incorporate different things. It seems like if Justin Fields is running, that means that the running backs can't run the football. If the running backs are running the football, we see low rush numbers from Justin Fields. I don't need Justin Fields. And even versus the Lions, right? What, he run 18 times? A lot of runs. I don't need 18 runs, right? And I believe... Eh, maybe three or four of them were actual like this play broke down and I got to get the heck out of there. Outside of that, you're talking about, I believe, 16 designed runs. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, like there's there's that's too many to me because now you're telling the defense. Yes, it does work. It does work versus the Lions. Well, but now, again, you're telling the defense we're not looking to push the ball downfield. You have to have that mix, and I think that's something that Justin Fields does have a talent to do when we allow him to do it. Number one thing for me versus this Lions team is getting the running game going because, like we talked about, of course, the elements, but the fact that, and you can speak to this, J-Mac, when you run the football well against a team, it just wears a defense down. And this is a defense that has struggled mightily over the last few years. If you can wear them down early, you create opportunities late for yourself where you can attack them downfield because they're so broken down right now looking at the winds too i, I went to uh the weather channel.com and said 13 mile an hour winds okay. at uh at, at game time right now so uh not as bad as uh, it was i believe monday or wednesday when i looked at it but uh yeah. 13 mile an hour winds in soldier field is basically like you know it's getting like a, a speed boost like sonic the hedgehog and then it's whipping out of there you know i mean so yeah uh, too, it's not gonna be easy yeah another thing too right we talk about the run game you know we talk about time of possession offensively, right? What that does is now it's going to keep our defense off the field, but it's mainly it's going to keep their offense off the field because their offense has been in a groove. You look at last week, their offense was in a groove. I mean, Sam Laporta, that rookie tight end, I mean, mean, you've got Montgomery and Gibbs. You got Amon Ross, St. Brown. Yeah, You got a lot of guys over there that can make plays. And not just make plays, right? They can make those explosive plays. And that's why Jared Gall has been so successful this year, right? He has all the weapons around him. So it's not like he has to go in and, and win the game himself, right? He's just distributing that football to his playmakers. He's relying on handing the ball off to two good backs in that backfield, right? Yeah. It makes things easier, right? But, you know, we've got a defense that's been playing well, but at the same time, if we can, you know, dominate the time of possession, put together some long drives, wear their defense down, keep their offense on the sideline, you know, the, the – it's a higher percentage of us winning that game. So that's another thing that, you know, we need to see, you know. And this is this is a game, right? This is, I don't know if you believe in it or not. I don't personally, but this is bare weather. Cold weather game. We know how Jared Goff don't like the cold. He hates the cold. I don't care what nobody said. Detroit, he's in a dome. He hates the cold. They're going to have to run the football because of, uh, run the football more because of the wins. This Bears defense is one of the top rushing defense, if not the top rushing defense in the NFL right now. This is a game that the Bears should be able to go out and defensively dominate if they play the game right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you saw the first game, right? We talk about the first game, you know, defensively. We dominated that game on both sides of the ball until the end of the fourth quarter, you know, where we fell apart. So a lot of guys, and looking at the press conferences this week, a lot of guys are saying, hey, we played good for 56 minutes. We played good for 57 minutes. You know, yeah. they know it's at stake. They know they gifted one to Detroit. 
they know they let one slip away. Yeah. So the mindset, you know, you can tell the mindset this week has been finished, as it has been throughout the entire season. You look at you finish against the Denver Broncos, different story. You know, you finish this game against Detroit, different story. So five game season, uh, uh, five games left in terms of evaluations, right? A lot of evaluations, Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, a lot of guys that's on the lower end of this roster looking to be here next year, regardless of who the coach may be, but not only looking to be here, looking to be on NFL roster in general. So you have five games to put good tape out there. So that way, whoever is evaluating you, you can be on an NFL roster. So there's a lot of stake within these last five games. There's a lot of things that's going to be uh, a lot of questions that will be answered, uh, you know, because of these last five games. Will this be the game that breaks the camel's back, right? Like there, there's, there's Cleveland. Cleveland don't have a quarterback. That makes things very hard. Uh, and then, I mean, you're finishing out the season, Arizona, you got Atlanta on there, right? Like a lot of teams, uh, Green Bay, of course, at the end of the year, that might be a tougher one than we thought it was going to be. But a lot of teams that we thought that the Bears should be able to go out there and get a win against teams that are also in the tank uh, 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 battle right now for the number one pick. By the way, shout out to the Patriots last night helping us uh, get a two game lead. <laughs> Over that number one pick. Yeah, I mean, Mitchie football is still doing things for us yeah. over in Pittsburgh by playing so subpar. Um, but it will this be the game that if you lose this game, you look at it and say, yeah, it's going to be tough to convince Kevin Warren that we should bring certain people back, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's the head coach, whether it's the OC. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, it's, I don't know if this will be the game that's going to make that determination i think yeah. it's going to be over the course of these i mean it's going to be the course over the, the course of these five games but also they're going to look back at what we've done the entire season and they're going but this but this five these last five games right so let's say the bears go out and they go four and one in these last five games right the question is does that make coach eberflus's job more secure does that make justin's place you know in terms of being that lead quarterback is his is his job more secure? Yeah, I don't know the answer. Um, I'm glad I'm not in that decision making. Uh, I'm glad I'm not in that seat that has to make that decision. Yeah, a tough decision. I mean, especially with where you're sitting at in the draft, what you have that's going to be available in the draft. Um, but at the end of the day, these last five games, regardless of, of you know flus and fields, if they're going to be or not, this last five game, these last five games is is, is crucial to their you know, to their careers, because if Justin's not going to be here, well, I've got to go out there and I've got to show that I can be a starting quarterback in this league, regardless. Yeah. Coach Flues, i got to still go out and show that I'm capable of being a head coach. We know he's a great coordinator. Yeah. Right? He's good. I mean, let's say if he does, if he's not here next year, he's going to go out there and get a job. He's going to get a D.C. job. He'll have a job the next day. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Now, the question will be is, can he be a head coach? Well, I can go out here. And he can, and they can still go four and one in these last games, and everything looks good. And the decision still will be made at the end of the season. Hey, we're going to yeah. change. We're going to start over. We're going to start fresh. But they'll have, he'll have a good. You know, it, it's 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 better to go out on top than to than to put together. You know, uh, to, to go out, go here and go two and three the last five games, and now everybody's saying, ah, like. You know. And see, that's the thing to me, right? And I talked about this with Courtney on. Uh, I think this was on uh, Tuesday when we talked, right? Like. Everyone loves Flus the DC. Yeah. I loved Flus the DC in Indianapolis. 
Yeah. I knew what Floos was as a DC. Do you love Floos, the head coach? Because <clears throat> his head coaching philosophy is I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to be over everything that is happening here, which if we're talking about him being over everything as well, right? There's some reasons that he could possibly end up out the door. But outside of that, you're talking about him probably giving play calling to another coordinator. That means he goes back to being the HC, not the DC. Do we want him in the building for that? People are raving about how he's calling this defense. I love how Flus is calling this defense. You know what I don't love? How Flus is leading my team on a consistent basis. There are some bright points. There are some points that you look at and say, this is good. But a lot of them are tied to the fact that he's able to lead a defense. And I knew that already. Yeah. I don't know if he can lead a football team in the manner that it needs to be led to have consistency and success. Because the one thing that has been a part of his tenure, last year is last year. It is what it is. I, I give him credit for keeping guys engaged. But in this season, the most consistent thing we've seen from Flus is inconsistencies. Yeah, 100%. It's not finishing. It's, you know, the basic. And now, here's the thing, right? I was going to say basic fundamentals, and I'm talking about that. But is it Coach Flus's fault guys are fumbling? Is no. it his fault guys are pre-snap penalties? You know, it's not his fault that EQ missed that block. Right, right. But at the end of the day, it's it, it doesn't matter because your name's on it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you're the head, so it, it doesn't matter. But like you said, though, the inconsistency, right, we're talking about in terms of finishing games, right? You have to instill a mindset in your team to have that killer instinct to say, you know what, when we're up in the fourth quarter, we're going to put the game away. Yeah. No, we're not going to leave the door open and give these guys an opportunity to come back. And, and trust me, I had to learn that painful lesson. That's why we weren't state champions this year as a head coach, because we didn't put a team away. We left the door open. They came and stole their game and they were state champs. Same thing with coach blues, right? If you put the game away against Denver, Put the game away against Detroit. Yeah, you know we're, we're it's a whole different scenario we're talking about right now. And even with all that being said, the crazy thing is, quiet is kept. You still have a chance <laughs> to maybe sh- find your way, find a crack into the playoffs. But like you said, the inconsist- inconsistencies at Hey Coach in terms of accountability, right? Uh, and, and for me, it's the accountability and finishing. Yeah. You know, those are the two two major things that I see uh, that he struggled with this year in terms of, of, of being a head coach. And then, like, it's the, you know, I think his personality in terms of the type of coach that, you know, I feel like we need to see here in Chicago, I don't feel like his personality fits. I don't think he has those traits in terms of his personality. Do I think he's a great coordinator? Yes. Do I think he's a great coach? Yes. Do I think he can be a good head coach? Yeah, I think so, too. Yep. I just think with with the market we have in Chicago, right, the type of, of, of people we have here in Chicago, the type of fans we have here in Chicago, I think his his personality and his coaching style, uh, it just doesn't fit. Do you feel like – see, here's the tough part, right, because there's a lot of people that look at, like, the press conferences and stuff like that. We've, we've gone live after a lot of these press conferences, yeah. and um, – he don't sound smart. He's smart. I it's not that he's I know he's he smart, right? Smart. Like, yeah, he's coach he, smart. Coach, he, he, coach speak. 
it's, it's a lot of coach speak, right? Yeah. And and that it irritates a lot of people. But I implore people to do what I did because I was like, I kind of remember Lovey being like this. And the difference was Lovey won. I went back and listened to some of Lovey. Bro, I'm telling you, you, you listen to Lovey press conferences, bro, and you would swear we was going to lose. I, li- I went back and listened why to you say, Why you say that? Because I went back and listened to uh, one of the press conferences um, when y'all were getting ready to play the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And what was he saying? Literally, because, you know, Vikings front four, you know, what them dogs they had up front, right? So they basically asked them, how are you going to move the football if you're, are you just going to run straight into the Vikings front four and just like see what happens? And Love was like, we're going to stay the course. We've got our game, you know, and we're not going to change who we are for the Minnesota Vikings. And, and bro, I swear, I was like, I swear I was like, if I was reacting to that in that moment, I probably would be losing my mind because it's like, but they're the number one run defense in the league. Why are we doing it? You want want him to give away the game plan, though. Is that what you want him to do? Like, we're going to run away. We're going to run away from Pat Williams, guys. We're not running about Adam. We ain't going north and south. We're gonna have a horizontal running game today, fellas. Like, is that I, what you wanted him? Is that what I, you didn't, I didn't need him to give away the game plan, but you know, like when you hear certain head coaches talk, you just like, oh, we're gonna go win this game, right? Mm-hmm. Lovey was more about that action. And I think that's the difference, right? If Flus was winning, we could care less what Flus is saying. Yeah. The problem is that Flus isn't winning. The, you would hear Lovey week in and week out and be like, this is crazy. And then he go win the game, you'd be like, oh well. And after the press conference, he said, we just played our game. Yeah. All right. Well, we played our game. We found a way to win. But it's – I think that the with the thing is you have to couple that with the winning. And so without that there, it irks fans the wrong way. Yeah. You got to find a way to close some of these games, though. Man. And I think when you talk about Flus's personality – the things that haven't done him any favors is not only the fact that he's losing these games, but then in the press conference, I don't know if it's, you know, on the Bears side or if it's Flus personally, but like some of the things there is like, okay, yeah, we uh we don't teach our guys to do that, but then we see it on tape the very next week, which means you teach your guys to do that. Right? The one thing Bears fans want is honesty. Mm-hmm. I just don't don't get away the game plan, but don't lie to us either, right? Like uh we we didn't intend to uh, have uh, Smalls on bigs. I saw it a week and a half later. I saw yeah. it the very next time we played the Vikings, the exact play that got Justin Fields hurt. Granted, he didn't hold the ball as long this time. Was run again, and I see a running back jumping into the spot to block Daniil Hunter. Yeah. So you're teaching that. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the part with Bears fans where you go out there and you say one thing and clearly you're doing another, just don't lie to us. We'll, we'll put up with a lot. We've been through a lot in this town. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, you can't go out there and say, hey, you know what? We're making progress. We're doing good things. But then you go out there and you look like, you look like they did against Kansas City or you look like they did against, what was it, yeah. two against Tampa Bay. You know, I, I see what you're saying. And then, yeah, I mean, and I think that today's day and age, like, you know, some of these coaches are still old school. I think Coach Lewis has an old school mentality where he's not yeah. going to give you anything. It's coach speak when he's at the podium. And then you have some other guys like um, my guy down there in Miami, Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels. He's going to go up there and he's going to 
you know, he's just he's quirky. He's talking like he's going to give you little little nuggets <laughs> and stuff like that. That didn't even involve football. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you're going to get Mike Tomlin, who's going to say he's going to call everybody out like, no, yeah. we suck offensively. We got to get better. But then yeah. there's action behind his words in which he fires his offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I think now, you know, Chicago, we we I think now in this day and age with the type of players that that are in the league now, younger guys or I, I can only speak in terms of us. Right. We have a younger roster. Right. And we talk about guys who I talk about it a lot. Like who is the leader? Who is the alpha in that locker room? Well, it's hard because you have guys who have only been in that locker room with each other for a year or yeah. two years or three years or you yeah. know what I mean? like like you would you would say okay we look at our defense right you would say okay eddie jackson's probably the longest tenured guy yes yeah. starter on that defense right but here's the thing you know we want eddie jackson to step up be an alpha be a leader well eddie jackson in and out of the lineup due to injuries you know what i'm saying so it makes it tough jalen johnson right he's got to be one of the alphas the leaders in this locker room um you know Jaquan Brisker, you've got to be one of the alphas, but this is only your second year. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's tough. Montez Sweat, you have to come in and, and, and take over a leadership role, right, because you've been brought in as that guy to really change the tide of this defense, which he has done since he's been here. 100%. But in terms of him having that leadership role, well, hell, he's only been here a few weeks, so it's right. tough. It's tough. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's tough to have that. So – when I say all that, I say that to say this. You've got to have a, a, a head coach, right, that can hold guys accountable, that could demand things from guys because these yeah. guys are young, man. Like, they leave the game and they're on Instagram posting pictures of, like, how they were coming into the stadium, how their dress was, even after a loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be able to galvanize that locker room Keep them together, but you have to have a set of expectations. Like, look here, guys, when we lose, right, we're not tweeting about what we wore to the game. You know, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. It's back to the grind. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's, it's 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 trying to figure out a way to get this thing back on track. And I'm not saying he isn't doing that. I'm just saying that's what we need. And I can't say he's not doing that because I'm not in I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in those meetings. But I think that's the type of coach that you need that's going to just hold everybody accountable, his coaches included, the players. Like, he's not going to take no BS. Like, there's Well, no I'm going to tell you this. I hope he's not doing it because they still doing it. So that means that they blatantly not listening to that's him, right? Like that. And, and that's something that we've seen as well. And I think that's the part with Bears fans, right, where I say, not that we want to see you. I don't want to see you ripping your players in the media every week. I don't, right? Like, listen, at the end of the day, yes, it's the player's job, but it's your job to make sure that your players are in a position to succeed. And we just haven't done that. I don't need the, you know, I I, I don't need the Mike Ditka. I'm sorry, I don't. Like, I love Mike. I love what he brought to this city. I love what he did for this city. But I do need the honesty that Mike brought when he talks about the play of the team. I don't need exactly. you to sit there and tell me, Justin Fields, you didn't do enough on this play. But what I do need you to say is the same accountability that you're supposed to be holding your players to, hold yourself to that standard. Because when they called out your defensive mishaps, when they called out how you have lost these games, you decided to point to a Saints game that you lost and say, oh, well, you know, we're, we're, uh, I think the play caller in that game did some really good things. By the way, <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I mean, what? 
Like, what are you, what are we doing here? Right? Like it's, it's, it's just, I, I want everybody this in this situation to be held to the same level of accountability. Yeah. hundred percent. Justin Fields should be held to the same level of accountability that Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus are being held to, but he's not. If Justin Fields comes out and he says, you know, I had that pass right there. Um, but Tyler underran it. Mm-hmm. The world's flipping tables. Right, People right. start setting stuff on fire. Cars are blowing up. Oh my God! How could you ever do mm-hmm. that? Matt Eberflus does it every other week, and everybody's just like, "Well, you know, that's just flus." Mm-hmm. Luke gets you. Uh, Luke, why'd you uh, call sixteen screen passes? Well, that's the game plan. Yeah, that was a stupid one, and everyone saw it. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. But that's but that's their personality. You know what I'm saying? That's. That's their, that's who, I mean, that's their philosophy as coaches. Yeah. They're not going to give you anything. You know, they're going to, they're going to sit up there and it's coach speak. And that's just the way, that's just, that's what they do. Is, that's just who they are as coaches. I do think that speaks to what you say though, right? Like they might not have the right personality for this team. Yeah. And I think, and that's, and that's, you know, it's, and, and as a coach, like you, like, and I say personality for this team, like you may not have the personality to be able to, command to command the uh, attention or to command the uh i forget the word i'm trying to say but to be able to to make your young guys right to be able to make to make them adhere to your word all the time yeah you know what i mean but like uh coach talking again yeah he said that last week yeah man forget coach this coach talking yeah man forget coach man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you know, I'm serious. Like, you know, that's what I mean? the craziest clip of the season. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. It was, it was a three second clip. That man said, "Yep, uh-huh. yeah." You know what I mean? Like, they may you may you need a coach that's going to. I just feel like when you have young guys, right, and young guys, right, in this day and age, there's a lot of outside influences that that will take over the priority, and the priority should be football. But yeah. at the end of the day, right. When you're going through struggles, you're going through a losing season, right? At the end of the day, we're losing, but I'm still getting paid. So we used to have the saying when I when we were in the locker room, hey, we used to get paid on Thursday. And if we lost, right, we say, hey, we always win on Thursday, no matter what, because it's payday. Yeah. So I'm not saying the guys are like this, but when you have young guys, like I said, there's other outside influences that'll take that'll take a priority over football. And you got to have a coach that has the command, right, to be able to make sure that his guys know that during the season, football is the only priority. It's the number one priority besides your family. I'm going to give you time to go see your family, yeah. but it's family and football. It's not family, Twitter, Instagram, fashion, you know, then football. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. You know, I, that's just the way I see it. You've got to have a coach that's going to have complete command and attention of this team, especially when you're dealing with a lot of young guys, right? You don't have a lot of veterans in this locker room that can that can really uphold your standard and your culture on a daily basis, right? So where does that, where does that fall on? It falls on you as a head coach, right? Yeah. And when you have young guys, you have to develop leadership. You have to develop leaders as well. So if there's a guy on this team who – you feel like has leadership qualities, but doesn't exhibit it all the time where you have to take him. You have to try to develop him into a leader because at the end of the day, regardless of how many years guys have been on this team and how many years they haven't, you've got to have leadership within the locker room 
right, to be able to influence your your culture and your standard within that locker room. Because as coaches, like the coaches aren't in the locker room. You know, right. they're, in, they're, they're not in the locker room. Like if a coach came in the locker room, he's coming to get somebody. Hey, I need you to come to my office. Let's meet. Then he's out of the locker room. You know what I mean? Like even do now, but they didn't hang out in the locker room. That was our safe space as players. Yeah. That was our that was our safe haven. That was our place. Like that was our like office. Like our locker was our individual like office. So you know, if you don't have leaders that can you know make sure that the culture is being upheld, the standards and expectations are being upheld in the locker room, well, then how is that going to be enforced? You know, if you can't pass it down to your to your to your generals in the locker room, then. You can lose. You can lose a locker room, like I said. Football will take a back seat, especially when you're losing. Like, hell, you're losing. It's easy to say, "Dang, where am I going on vacation in a couple yeah. of weeks?" I got five weeks. Oh yeah, they got flights to Jamaica. Oh, oh, they got first class. First class only four hundred dollars this week. We ain't going to the playoffs, right? First class. Let me hurry and get this first class ticket. You see what I'm saying? And and it, I think to to that point, right. You see the flip side of it in Detroit. You see the other side of a team that went through the same adversities that we're going through. Yeah. A team that went through. We need to get rid of our starting quarterback. A team that went through. You're not doing a good enough job as a head coach, as an OC. You're not getting the job done. And then it clicked. And now we've seen them go on this run since then, right? The, the Detroit Lions. A good analogy, though. Did the exact same thing, but there was that coach that it, and we heard Dan Campbell after the what was it after the Packers game, well after calling a what was a horrible fake punt. I don't even know why he did it. It, it made no sense in the, at, at any point again, <laughs> and he got on the podium. Yeah, and if it was flus, right, they'd have said, "Why'd you call a fake punt?" Ah, uh, you know, we thought we saw that, and we liked the down and distance on that, and we felt like that was a good time. That's good on our sheet, and you know, when we go to the sheet and the analytics of it, it's really good. And sometimes the analytics look like analytics, but they're not actually, and so that's good. Huh? Dan Campbell said, <laughs> "Terrible call by me. That's on me." What would you do uh, if that opportunity came up again? Not call it. Hey, man. <laughs> That is do that what a hey, do that voice again. What did he what did he I've had, here's, here's, the, here's the tough part, J Mac. I've had so many coaches to practice this with. I've got it down perfect. Uh Flus, what do you uh what do you, what do you want to do? Uh what, what's up with the fake field goal? Well, you know, with that fake field goal, we like the down and distance on that, and then that down and distance, oh, you know, there's distance that's down, and sometimes when you're down, it's like a downward dog. Oh, and that's great with the wife, but not with the team. You know what I mean? And so you got to look in the other direction, oh, and when you're looking man. in the other direction, you got to look to the sun because <laughs> the sun is where God is at. And if you're looking to God, you're always going to win, right? And that's how we praise it. And so, you know, I'd kick the field goal. Oh, man, so, you are funny, man. <laughs> 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 I've been doing that. I've had Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, Matt Eberflus. I've been doing that for so long, oh, bro. Man, no. Coach speak is not difficult, bro. Well, you are funny, man. Is that how I sound when I be answering questions, man? No, you kind of get to the point. You sound like that when you want to like, when you want to say something about somebody specific, but you know yeah. you're going to see them in the locker room, so you can't just yeah. be like, hey, bro, you sucked. You'll, do, you'll throw a little coach speak in there. Yeah, I mean, a little bit every now and then. But uh, as the podcast is going on, yeah, you've gotten a little bit more on like, hey, listen, you got to be better. I don't know what the heck you well, do. I, I, asked Justin, I, I asked Justin, hey, 
I asked, <laughs> I asked Tyson. I, hey, yeah. So, so tell me about the play. So tell me, tell me about the interception. Yeah. Tell me hey. what you were thinking on that. Like, they, you know, they know I'm gonna ask the hard questions. You yeah. Know? Hey, they ready for it now, too, though. Like, I've seen the J-Mac evolution of the pod. When we first started the pod, I was like, J-Mac don't want to slander the players that are on the team that he played for. But these must look trash. I'm going to get him to that point. Now, it's not slander now, but you're to the point now where you like, hey, man, that we got our butts. Well, I don't know what to say. Justin was horrible. Uh, uh, Tyson was horrible. Whatever, whoever it is, I mean, you called out EQ last week. Yeah, well, you, yeah. you're getting there, brother. Well, you're getting there. You know, you know what I and you know what. Going back to your point that you made a great point about Dan Campbell, um, you know, taking ownership, making a bad call or making a bad decision in the game, and we talk about leadership, right? Passing down from the coaches down to the players, right? But here's the thing, too, with that, with that coaching staff look at how many former players are on this staff yeah dan campbell hank fraley's offensive line coach played with the eagles for a long time aaron glenn defensive coordinator played cornerback in this league for a long time you know what i'm saying like though and when you when you have like as a as a former as a player right when you yeah. have a former player leading the charge right and he's talking to you about things that you're going to go through throughout the season things we need to get better on you know, Dan Campbell maybe talking about finishing games. I'm sure he has his coach speak and everything. He's a former player. He's been through it. You know what I'm saying? So with, with the passion and the energy that he exhibits in that building, yeah, that passes down to that locker room. That resonates to the locker room. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that's the way when you look at their style of play, that's the way they play. Offensively, there's a guy, there's a lot of guys on that offense playing with energy. Defensively, yeah, they have their blue their uh, blue chip guys, but there's a lot of blue collar guys and role player role playing guys that play with the type of energy they play with the type of, of identity that the head coach exhibits. Right, grit. Coach Campbell he talks about grit all the time. There's a lot of gritty guys on that roster, right? Because they have taken on the personality and the identity of their head coach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A former player that's a head coach. This offensive line, right? They they're a great offensive line, but they're also being coached by an off uh, uh, their their offensive line coach is a coach who had a lot of success and played a long time in this league. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So those guys are able to pass down the message, pass down the culture, pass down the standard, enforce all of those things on a daily basis, right? And I think it's coming from those guys, it's more it has it's more valid because those guys have played the game. They they've yeah. sat in those same seats. Yeah. You know? yeah, they're in the coach's seat now, but I sat in the right across. I sat in the same seat that you were that you're sitting in. I was in that same seat a few years back. Yeah, it, and and you can see the effect that it had on them, right? Like, it, and it's it's not to say that these guys are having no effect on this team. It, it, as tough as it is, and I, you have to put your personal feelings about the person aside and look at the actual production. Personally, I don't like Flus as my head coach. I don't like Getsy as my OC. Mm -hmm. But that's because I haven't seen wins, right? I can tell, yeah. I can be honest and say that's the fan in me that's like, I want to see my team win. Y'all haven't won. What I can say that this team has done is defensively, they have been sound over the last few weeks. Now, four minutes of the game, I would like to see more soundness. <laughs> but <laughs> You've got eight takeaways in two games. Since you've added Montez Sweat to this game and have been able to generate pressure, Flus's defense works. The defense has been okay for most of the year. 
Um, and I think that they've really moved in the right direction offensively over the last five games that Justin Fields has been able to start in. You've seen Justin Fields develop under Luke Getze. Is it the prettiest? Yeah. Is it the game plan we want to see? Not always, right? But nine touchdowns and two interceptions in the last two games. Uh, he's got 219 yards rushing the football. He's got a QBR of 100, or quarterback rating, I should say, of 105 over the last five games. Like, I can see things moving in the right direction, so I do give them credit for that. Is there a scenario here where we finish this season out? I, say we went out. Nine and eight. And you have to bring these guys back. You have to keep the same thing in the building because nine and eight is a drastic difference from a three-win team. 100%. I know people are going to look at it and say, that's still mediocre. Yes, it is. But you get the nine and eight, eight and nine from a three-win team last season, they can come into Ryan Poles' office, they can come into Kevin Warren's office and say, we got better. Yeah. We found ways to get better, and we got better as the season went on. We started off the season horrible, but as the season went on, we got better. Yeah, and it's a decision of whether or not you want to start completely over, right? Because look at look here. A lot of those guys in the locker room will be back because they're fresh faces. Um, you know, they're new. Yeah. But bringing a new head coach, he's going to bring in all new position coaches, new coordinators. So you got to start all over. So guess what? That's a whole new offense. That's a whole new defensive scheme. That's a whole new – that's, uh, you know, a bunch of different – he's going to bring in some more guys in terms of personnel-wise. Um, you know, that's a whole bunch of uh, – that's another coaching personality that these guys got to used to again. So you're going to reset. You're going to restart the whole thing. Yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of what direction they want to go in. Um, you know, do you want to pass on, you know, a, a quarterback prospects like they have in the draft and the draft capital that you have? You're going to pass on that again uh, this year after you already did that last year. You know, the decision is do we want to bring in, do we want to put more weapons around Justin and bring in more guys that can help this team and, and keep the same coaches and, and see if we can get better and improve, improve more? You know, with the same mindset and philosophies that our head coach is instilling in us right now, do we feel like we can continue to get better and, you know, trade away those picks and bring in more more guys? Or do you want to start over and say, you know what, hey, let's take one of these court, these highly touted quarterbacks, right, with that number one pick, bring in a receiver, right, that can go alongside DJ Moore, yeah. bring in a coach that, you know, has a track record of winning, uh, that that can come in here. Sorry, yeah, I'm I'm just, I, I don't. I don't, I don't mean. Uh, I'm just throwing out scenarios. That I got. Uh, I got uh, here. A little congested. Right. That can <laughs> come up here and and really demand you know excellence. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, it's still it's up a, to here. It's a it's a tough scenario to finish out this season. I think the Bears are in. They're in a better position, but this is one of the harder positions that you're going to be in because of how it makes it tougher because you have the number one pick and you see what CJ Stroud is. Now to me, you build the rest of the team, you can go find a CJ Stroud, right? When when you see quarterbacks that have offensive lines, that have defensive lines, or that have like everything's already in place. Pat Mahomes came into a situation in place. Yeah. Had the right play caller. Yeah. Right. Like uh, Dak Prescott came into a situation that was in place. That was a team built for Tony Romo. 
they just kept winning. Yeah, I mean, oh, Dak's in there. Oh, well, he looks good. Well, that's the number one offensive line in the NFL. I would hope he looks okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, mm-hmm. they, more times than not, we want the C.J. Stroud scenario where the quarterback comes in and he's the he's the savior on the white horse with a, with a sword and a, and a gun in the other hand. Yeah, I mean, like, he's just taking enemies out any way he needs to. Yeah. But the times you see the long-term success consistently in the NFL is where the team is built. Mm-hmm. So what decision does Ryan Poles make that helps build the team right. in the right direction? And I think that's the part that a lot of people don't look at. So we'll see over the next five weeks what this is going to end up being. I do got to we, we got to switch gears a little bit here because uh, they uh, the Bears are supposed to be moving from Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be moving from Soldier Field for a while now, uh, or at least starting the building on the place where they were supposed to be moving. And the conversation is now switched to just putting the new stadium in the South parking. <laughs> J Mac. Are we just saying at soldier field? Is that, is that what's going to happen? We're know. never leaving. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I think it's, I don't know, man. I, it's like, you've been, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think they, they don't know. I, I mean, hell, I don't know what they're going to do next year in terms of the team. The coach, right. like, damn, now we got to worry about a stadium, where to put it and stuff like that. I just think they're just I – mean, you got to explore all options, obviously, but uh, I have no idea. I saw those reports, uh, you know. I just want to be able to park at the yeah. stadium Does that, that I'm going to. If you put it in the south lot. No. I think it's going to be in the same situation. You're trying to smush a stadium downtown. Uh, Red, you own it, so, yeah, you can you can make revenue off of – you know, events that you can hold at your yeah. venue that you own. So, you know, I know they see Jerry Jones down there in Jerry's world. He's got the fights. He's got the concerts. Yeah, but now yeah. here you got Beyonce come to Soldier Field. The Bears don't get none of that. Bears money. don't get none of that Beyonce so, money. The Bears are like, hey, we don't care where you guys park. You can park on top of each other. But as long as we get in that revenue, as long as we can make money off of concerts and events and it's all ours, then, hey, we may have to explore the South Lot. Or we may have to finally, you know, start laying a foundation in Arlington. I don't know what they're going to do. They got Here's, the, here's my biggest question on it all, right? Like, are, does that mean you're tearing down Soldier Field? Because the whole, my whole thought process, when you go to Arlington, Soldier Field still Soldier Field. It stays. Yeah. Yeah, you can still play. Illinois can play there. You have soccer matches there. Rugby can play there. Blah, 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 right? Like, uh, there's still a ton of stuff that you can do at Soldier Field. Are you going to keep Soldier Field and just put a massive stadium next to Soldier Field? And it's going to be like the, the um, what is that, in Cleveland, right? The football field and the baseball field are right next to each other, except it's just two football stadiums? Yeah, I mean, but there's a thing. I don't know if you're saying the Bears are going to – the Bears can't tear down Soldier Field. You don't own it. Right, but, but what I'm saying is, right, like, if Soldier Field is still there – yeah, and okay. you just build a massive stadium next to right. it. You just gonna have two football. F- I mean, I guess with but listen, if you, Minnesota, Minnesota. I mean, it's <laughs> the baseball fields right here, and in, in in you know Minnesota, uh, the Vikings fields right here. And the funny thing is, the Vikings have a dome. Baseball, it's 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 outside. You know yeah, what I mean? like it's. Hey, look, I I here's here's what we do, right? So here's, here's what we do. I I got to figure it out. We put the stadium right next to it. We put the Bears in the new stadium. We add another Chicago football team here. <laughs> and we put them 
in Soldier Field, and we create the greatest rivalry of all time. Forget the Packers. We're going right at the team next door. I got to walk in next to you every day. Hey, your mama, you ain't nothing. So you're saying it's gotten so bad with the Bears-Packers rivalry that we've got to create a team. we got to create our own rivalry. That's bad. That's That's terrible. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't saying that, but now it does seem that way. It does feel that way. Oh, God. Now you can't do it. Not Because Packers fans will never let it die. Now you can't do it. They made a team. They're so bad. They made a team, eh? (laughs) They made a team, eh? Is that is that is that, is that the, the the Packers? They they they're Canadians now. I don't know. I'm just saying they, they don't sound like Chicagoans, so I don't they know. Definitely do not. I've so seen many Packers. You know that's what they would say. But I, I you know, I don't, honestly, I have no idea what to think about this stadium. You know, I have not. I, I have not even really been focused on it. Yeah, I've been. You know, as we all have been focused on this team and, and yeah. kind of what this last five weeks could look like, uh, what the scenario could be like in terms of the offseason. season. Uh, that's that's where I've been because there's been situ- there's been times where I say you know what they're going to keep Flues and they're going to keep Justin. Yep. And there's times I'm like you know what like you know why wow, like if you, know, you don't compete time. this week that argument is tough. Yeah, yeah. It's like I like Justin and you know I like Flues. I like I like I like Coach Flues. Like I said before, I just don't know if he's the type of head coach that we need here in Chicago. But you know, other times I say you know they're going to get rid of these guys. Yeah, like they're gonna get rid of them. Like, how can they not get rid of them when you have this draft capital and you have, you know, these 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 two quarterbacks at the top of the draft now? Maybe three with Bo Nix in the mix, and I don't know the way Michael Penix has been playing. Like, you got a lot of options now in the draft. Like, are they gonna actually do the same thing they did last year? Pass on a quarterback and try to build around. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I think it's honestly. You know, we talk about numbers. I think it's 50-50 and what they might do. I have no idea. Which comes first, the Bears get a new stadium or we figure out who our quarterback is? <laughs> we ain't figured that out. <laughs> we ain't figured that out. We might have had two or three stadiums by the time we figured that out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's ugly out there, dog. It's ugly. Let's hope we get, bro. We need a win this week. We need back to back divisional wins to give the fan base something to hope for. We're gonna win this week. I need a win this week, bro. Bears twenty one, little kitten (sighs) seventeen. You got a better outcome than me. I got a 24-21 because I think Lou Getzey gonna run the exact same game plan. Lions Lions be like, we saw this. You got the Lions winning. Got the Lions winning. Man, the Lions. The Lions ain't winning this Soldier Field, man. They used to play in that cozy dome up there in Detroit. I will, I will say the biggest advantage the Bears have is Jared Goff hates the cold, and yeah, I don't care what they nobody says. Turf. They got that good turf at Ford Field. They got to come here to that Soldier Field soggy swamp, slip and slide. Yeah. You know, they got to come here, man. I, well, listen, they're they going to be handing the football off to a guy that was pretty effective here. Yeah, I forgot about. That. Yeah, I mean, Monty know how to run on this grass. He ain't he ain't no turf monster out here. I just uh, I just want my guy uh, Deontay Foreman's back healthy, man, because that's a guy who, you know, yes, you talk about he's not he's not going to give you that explosive home run like Khalil Herbert. Yeah, but in this situation, right when it gets late in the season like this with the weather, you need a bell cow that you can turn around and hand that ball off to that can get you four or five yards a clip that can get you the tough yards, right? Yeah. I can make something happen if there's a, a defender run block, which there always is, right? Because <laughs> in the run game, you know, we look at it like this, all right? 
we're going to block these guys. This guy right here unblocked, that's your man. As yeah. a running back, you got to either make a miss, run him over or something, that's your guy. And Deontay Foreman runs with that physicality in which he can, you know, get extra yards. And if Khalil Herbert's healthy enough, he's that guy that can make that guy miss. Yeah. Take it the distance. You know what I'm saying? So I hope I hope, I hope he's healthy. Um, I hope both those guys are healthy because we're going to need all three of them, not just uh, Khalil and Deontay. We're also going to need Roshan, I think, this week. And there's also just got to be a commitment to it. Like you yeah. said, right? Justin's running, what, 33 times? You said the running backs have run at 46 combined. <laughs> there's got to yeah. be a commitment to it. Yeah, and I'm not saying, right, and in, in, in with Justin, okay, I don't want my quarterback carrying the ball 18 times in this game. But at the same time, 18 is fine with me. That's that's my limit. But see, as a coach, that's the mindset I'm going into. Yeah. With this game, in this game, like I don't want you to call, I don't want him to carry the ball 18 times. But the flow of the game, if he's at 10 carries and you know he's getting chunk yardage, killing him, <laughs> right. explosive plays, and I'm not my other backs aren't doing anything, and, and if I'm running read zone, they keep taking the back, and the read is to pull that ball, Justin, get around the edge. Like, Justin, you may have to carry that ball 18 to 20 times because at this point, as a head coach, I know my job is, you know, uh, is, 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 is my job status is uncertain. Yeah. I got to do whatever it takes to win. I don't care how ugly it is, how pretty it is. Hey, Justin, you may have to carry the ball 30 times for us to win this game. Well, if, win. if he at least had that mindset, you know, Six weeks ago, he might not be in fighting for his job right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, winning cures a lot of things. Yeah, it does. You know, if you, people are still going to dissect the win, and they're going to say, okay, well, he shouldn't do this. Well, why is he dropping back and all this? So he's taking sacks. But, you know, yeah. you won the game. That, my, the game. my favorite thing right now is that um, – all of the players that play against Justin that have played the game that have worked with Justin that have been in the NFL in the past, look at Justin Fields and say, he's an unbelievable talent. You can't get rid of. Yeah. Everybody who's not a player is just like, this guy sucks. It's like, Hey bro. Uh, Michael Parsons said he's hard to guard. Dan Campbell said he's really difficult yeah. to game plan for. Uh, uh, Mike McDaniel's was complaining that he had that how Justin Fields was playing, yeah. and all the play all the players and coaches are like, "This dude's amazing." Yeah. Please, like, but stop being you. But that's that, and that just fortifies the argument of is it scheme or the player? And here in Chicago, it's been a mixture of both. Yeah, you know, Justin will flat out and tell you he has like me interviewing him. He has, hey, I've got, I can't fumble the ball. Yeah, you know, and and we've seen the scheme has been up and down from week in and week out, the inconsistency in terms of the game plan, the scheme, or, you know, how they're trying to take advantage of defenses from week to week with Justin at the helmet quarterback. It's been inconsistent. It's been different. It's been confusing. It's been good. It's been bad. It's been puzzling. It's been what the yeah. <laughs> it's been mostly that one. All any, that one. <laughs> any adjective that you can use that yeah. conflict each other, like that are complete opposites uh, this year, that's how you can describe the offensive game plan. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, before we get up out of here, we got to talk about a guy who's a massive part of our offense uh, who retired yesterday. He was on special teams, but scored a lot of points for us yeah. as a Chicago Robbie man. Robbie Gold. Going down uh, and finally yeah. hanging up the uh, the kicking leg. He's probably going to play a lot of golf. He's a really good golfer. I watched I mean, him golfing. He's a beat man. They should be like him and 
me tell you something this right everybody she's a good golfer like that's all they did in camp is golf dude like <laughs> i used to get pissed off because you know we used to have two practices a day yeah Briggs would tell you the same thing right after the first practice i'm eating and i'm going i'm going to bed because we got another practice pat uh pat manley Robbie G, Brad Maynard, them dudes, they got their golf. Like, we're walking into the dorm. They're walking out of the dorm with their golf clubs. I'm like, where the hell are y'all going? They're going to play 18 and then go back to practice because they, you know what I mean? They're not. They kick it. They kick it. They kick it. Snapping. Brad's punting. And don't get me wrong, it's important. <laughs> it's real important. But, man, they, they lived it, man. They did it. That's why they're so good at golf. Hell, they did it their whole career. <laughs> They've been golfing for years. It was never, you know, it's never off season in terms of golf for those guys ever. It is. Uh, he he really is a good. Like if y'all ever get a chance to see Robbie go, I got to see him at the at ESPN's golf outing um, to start the year. I was like, hey, he looked like he he do this professionally. Like he looks really good. Uh, where do you rank Robbie Gold as far as uh, kickers? In Chicago Bears history, is he number one? Yeah, or should teammate like he's my teammate, so I'm gonna rank him number one. But I don't yeah. have all the numbers like Kevin Butler. I don't know what his numbers are. You know, I just know what Robbie Gould did for us. Uh, I know Robbie; he was automatic. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, I was on the field goal team. I was the right wing, so I knew he was gonna make it. You know, <laughs> as soon as we kick, I run to the sideline because I knew it was good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think we took him for granted. And, he may, and, and another thing, too, right, people don't realize, like, kicking here in Soldier Field, I ain't a kicker. I never attempted to try to kick a field goal. But I know damn well that wind was blowing, that snow was blowing, the footing's terrible, it's cold. Like, and he's still consistent, accurate. Like, I mean, so. He's number one in field goals made, uh, 276 field goals made. Um I believe this is over his career, not just with the Bears. No, this is just with the Bears. Just with the Bears. 276. So he did pass uh, Kevin Butler mm-hmm. in that um, aspect of it. He attempted 323. He was an 85% field goal kicker while he was here. Now, in theory, in theory, Cairo Santos is better. He's 90%. Yeah, but the amount 112 of 112 to 101. But, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'll, there's, there's a lot less kicks, right? A lot yeah, less. Yeah, kicks. He, he, and he the thing about Robbie that was amazing was Robbie not only could kick, it, you knew it was going in on the chip shots, right? You had like literally when Robbie was kicking, I got up. Like, all right, all right, we made it. All right, cool. We got three. But the 50 yarders, the 50 plus yarders, Robbie Gold not only had the power to get the ball there but still the accuracy to kick it in Soldier Field in some of the wildest conditions you've ever seen to be able to knock it through. I've watched kick, I Heck, I watched uh, whatever old, you know, y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't going to say his name on this podcast. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. Hit the goalpost a million times in perfect conditions. In stadiums that were domes. I was going to ask you, is that person on the list over there? Like, what's this that? <sighs> <laughs> you know what? And I'll tell you this. Boom. I, I will say this. Oh, God. It looks so bad, too. He only kicked 30 footballs with the Bears. That was too many. 76%. 30 was too many. Yeah. Yeah. 76%. Yeah. 
and we all know the ones he was he was destined to miss, right? Like, but but I, I say all that to say, right? That was kind of the aftermath of the Robbie Gold. Yeah, you never realized you needed Robbie Gold more than in that moment. I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm not, I can't I can't go back because it's on tape. I've already said it. It's out there. I wouldn't pay Robbie either. I ain't gonna lie. To you. Robbie wanted a lot of money to be a kicker. He was amazing. He's the best kicker we've ever had. He wanted a lot of money to be a kicker. Though. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like, yeah, I want it. I wanted to invest in the offensive line. I need that money here, but I love Robbie Gold. Everything back here. The soldiers feel he's kicking for the 49ers. Look how many big kicks he made for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Still beat the Packers. You want excellence? It's going to cost you. Hey, hey, that was a lot of money, though. That was, that was a lot of money. I ain't going to let it. It's going to cost you. I want excellence, and I, and I love the excellence that Robbie brought, but. Hey, Robbie, Robbie said, I'm worth this, and the Bears didn't feel like he was, and San Francisco yeah. did. And like guess I what? Said. San Francisco benefited from it. Did it not cost us? Oh, it cost us. Boom. Boom. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to lie to you either. When I, see, when, I, when I see a – Bro, when I see a kick hit the upright in other games, that sound is etched into my mind. Sad, man. It's the saddest sound in – it's got to be the saddest sound in Chicago sports history. Man, you, you see that? I remember watching that, and I think I may have actually put a little put a little something on that game. Oh, okay. I was, I was wondering what was going on with the chin rub. Yeah, I'm just trying to th- – the chin rub was me watching the actual <laughs> – like, He was just – I know, I know this. I know he ain't missing right. I know, this, you know, I know his mother Ephraim ain't missing right. <laughs> did he just? Did he just do that? <laughs> That's the one. The, the laugh. You gotta have the crazy laugh. <laughs> did he really just do that? You, gotta, you know, you gotta rewind it. Like, did he? He just really did that. Like, bro, bro, really I couldn't believe that. That was a tough time for us. Robbie Gold on fifty plus yarders, thirty-one for twenty-three. Ridiculous. Forty to forty-nine, seventy-five for hundred and three. Ridiculous. Yeah. 30 to 39, 101. He made 90 of them. Ridiculous. Like, and oh, by the way, just so you want to know how good he was from 20 to 29, he never missed. Yeah, he's the mayor. 86 for 86. He's never missed. The mayor, man. The words of my guy, Jeff Joniak, the mayor, Robbie G. Robbie G, man. Hey, he was good as gold. Uh, and uh, we loved him for everything he brought to this city, man. And so, enjoy retirement, brother. Hit him straight with the he's like Hawkeye, he's kind of like Hawkeye. Yeah, he <laughs> went to the golf course. <laughs> What'd you shoot? Uh, I thought you were playing golf. Uh, yeah, got bored, <laughs> played 18, shot 18. That's how Robbie Gold's out here playing golf. So, mm-hmm. good to see. I, I love seeing, uh, love seeing it, it's weird being old enough to see the guys that I grew up loving retire, you know, what I mean, or talking with them, you know, what I mean, it's. It's a little little different. It's a little different. But, hey, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Uh, Appreciate you guys for showing love to another episode. Let's hope the Bears go out here and get a dub. J-Max got the Bears getting a win. Right now, I got the Bears getting a loss, and uh, I hope that I am proven wrong. Glover Quinn said we getting beat 27 to 14. Shut up, Glover. We ain't getting beat (laughs) like that, man. Bro, I was like, (laughs) he said, he said 13 points is a beatdown. I was on, like, yes, yeah, bro. bro. Like, that's, that's horrible. Like, we Come got on, good. Over. We're going oh, to send him a, an, a, an Italian beef after this victory. Hey, listen. Send it to me. Never mind. Hey, uh, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Show love. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. For J-Mac, I'm Pat the Designer. One love. Bear down. Peace. Yeah.